Today is a special edition or episode on the SMG Podcast Network app. In the city of Columbus, Ohio, teachers have decided to strike basically because of various things that teachers need to be able to do their jobs. Now, without teachers being able to do their jobs, students wouldn't be able to learn as well. So on this episode or, you know, edition where I try to use my journal, well, not try to because I actually I do use my journalism degree that I got from Virginia State University. Shout out Trojan Nation. I see y'all. I speak with spokeswoman of the Columbus Education Association, 24 year high school uh, veteran teacher, Regina Fuentes. And we go through all of the demands that the teachers need, why the teachers need these demands to be met and how these things that the teachers are not having can affect the ability for them to do their job and to help out the students as well. If it wasn't for my mother being a teacher, I probably wouldn't have taken on this task. I understand what it is for teachers to have to go through creating lesson plans, having to go out of their own pocket to create things that helps the children learn. So that's why I wanted to take on uh, this mission to provide uh, Regina Fuentes and the teachers in Columbus, Ohio, the platform to speak about what it is that they want, what they need and how will it affect their children. Now, as always, the SMG Podcast Network is full disclosure. We're fully transparent. And we broke the original radio rule, which the radio rule is record on two devices. Just in case of one clunks, you have a backup. Unfortunately, we didn't do that. Nope, we did not. So half of the interview has been cut. Can't find it. Can't retrieve it. It's gone. But the remaining 30 minutes of the interview still has all of the details that we need to cover as far as what it is that the teachers want, what it is that the teachers need, and how those things can help create a better atmosphere for the children to be able to learn in Columbus City Schools. So let's go ahead and get into the interview in progress, (laughs) to say the least, with uh, Regina Fuentes. Into the neighborhoods more. So the school that I'm currently teaching at in the 60s, um, and may pro- probably, well, yeah, in the 60s when it was first built, had a, lo- a large white population and a large Jewish population. Because okay. Bexley is mostly a um, white, Jewish populated little area. Okay, okay. Yeah. Un- okay, un- understanding the geography, where, the geography where I'm at now, because, um, like I said, when I be driving, I be like, I be in Columbus and I'm in Franklin County, then I'm in yep. a suburb. It's like, wait a minute, how did I just hit three different spots like yep. within like a half a, a half a block? But yep. I'm 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 still I'm still I'm still getting it's, uh. It's very weird. All right, so we got the recording back on. Uh, got Miss Re- Regina Fuentes. She's the spokeswoman of the Columbus Education Association and a 24-year English teacher um, at the same school, right? You said the same school? No, I've been in four different high schools in Columbus, but all high school English. Okay, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna have a fun game with those four uh, high schools <laughs> just to you know big them up in a, in a hot little second. So um, let's get back to another one of the. Um, the issues that you had. So we talked about the the pay, um, the hot, the hot and cold, uh, the temperatures of of the classrooms or whatnot. And one of the other things that you guys was um, advocating for, which was which was which was kind of interesting to me, to be honest with you, is the um, and I don't know why it's uh, it's slipping my mind. I don't know why it's slipping my mind right now, but I kind of want to focus on like the the people who. 
who don't get it, like who don't like understand. Um, like I said, one of the tweets that I was looking for was mentioned in private school and non-union um, teachers. Another one was mentioned about selfishness and things like that. Mm-hmm. But this is something that kind of irked me for real, for real. And, I, some, and I think this is something that you uh, might know, because like I said, people troll and, and stuff on Twitter. So you never know what's real. So yeah. um, they were saying something like the... And, and again, you were talking about this earlier with test, like how you guys are evaluated, test scores and all of that. Mm-hmm. How does Columbus rank amongst, I guess, like the state as far as education level and all of that? Like, are you guys doing basically working with much of nothing for real? For real? Are you trying to get these students up to where they are or how do you think that works out? Because a lot of times people say, well, if the students were doing better then the teachers would get more funding, like. Break down that like kind of like the chicken or the egg. Like how 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 do you see that if somebody actually tried to use that as an explanation? So we're in the city. Mm-hmm. We are in in Franklin County. Franklin County is populated highly with you know um, we have to let me put it like this: we have to service the students no matter which condition they come from. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, we don't get to get um, a la carte, you know, of the, the choices of our students. We, we take in whoever needs our services. Mm-hmm. That means that, you know, we're going to have students that are at a very high level. You know, their, their living conditions are great. Their family con- uh, situation is, you know... Great. And then we're going to have the whole other spectrum. Mm -hmm. Okay. We're going to have students that come from situations where they might be homeless. We're going to have students who come from trauma, um, have lots of special needs, maybe some special needs. We're going to have students that, you know, didn't, are not necessarily on the level that they need to be. But no matter how they come to us, we have to take them, which is fine. It's completely fine. We understand that that's, our, that's wh- what we're here to do. And a lot of times I think the public forgets that, that the mm. fact that, you know, we're trying to do the best with the limited resources that we have. And our teachers are some of the most educated you know, most disciplined teachers in the entire state. And I say that with a lot of heart, that, you know, these individuals will put everything into their job. No matter what these students bring, every day is a new start. And it may be that you start off the year in a deep struggle, but by mid-year or the end of the year, you've done all you can and you've made progress. That progress may not look good to the public because maybe I brought a a child from a reading level of, you know, 100 up to 500. Well, that 500 apparently is still a low reading level, especially if you're in the ninth grade. Mm -hmm. Okay, but do you understand how much work I had to put into that child in order to get them from a a 500 or 100 reading level up to a 500 reading level? Also, while dealing with 30 other kids that are in, on all different levels. 
No, it's, a de- it's, def- it's definitely a big juggling act, and I just wanted to make sure that that was put out there. Um, oh, I of- appreciate the question. No, 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 definitely, definitely. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is what I was. This is what I was fumbling and I was fumbling around. The other uh, issue that you guys, that your organization is fighting for, is um, a well-rounded curriculum that includes art, music, and PE. Mm-hmm. So expand on that. So have you have have your district been losing art, music, and PE teachers, or has just those classes just haven't really been like offered? Because I used to love electives. I used to love, yes. you know, going to my little art class, you know, half draw something, have, you know, paint something. It wasn't really the best, but it was just fun to be in class. Like I knew I wasn't going to be, you know, Picasso or Da Vinci or anything like that, but it was just drawing. It was just expression. And obviously um, music, is something that I've always been into, and who didn't love PE? The free, the free A. <laughs> All you got to do is just run around. You don't even have to be good at it. Just well, run around. Well, in elementary school, mine was the favorite. My favorite was the uh, whenever they brought a the big parachute, the big rainbow colored parachute, and we would do that big. Everybody's oh, yeah. on it, and you flop it around, and then you you run around in a circle. Oh my gosh, you know that was the best. Yeah. Um, but getting back to your question. So in our elementary schools, the district has uh, chose, and I don't know exactly how far back, but it's enough to have impacted us. Um, The district pulled um, full-time PE, music, and art teachers from all of our elementary schools. We still have uh, PE, art, and music teachers at that level, but they... These teachers have to, um, um, they may be assigned to two or three different buildings that they have to circulate within, you know, a week to try and make sure that they hit all these kids rather than having somebody at every single building that covers those extracurriculars, which are so important to the social emotional um, care of our students. And when we talk about the impact uh, and the trauma from um, from COVID and what it's done to our kids in these last two years, two, three years, you know, those are the types of things that are going to help socialize our kids again and get them used to expressing themselves and feeling comfortable and, and getting some of that energy, that pent up energy out. We can't just have kids sitting at desk all day doing academics. That's not well-rounded education. And again, if put yourself in the position of the kids, do you really want to go to math, science, social studies, and English all day? No, like those class. That's like a that's like a brutal schedule. That's why I always love when I got to college when I can like pick my schedule, mm-hmm. throw my nice little elective in there because taking a whole day full of straight math, science. Brutal day, but if you add in uh, a mass a mass com speaking class or art class and amongst all of that, it makes for makes for a better day. So, again, put yourselves in the position of these students, because um, yeah, I wouldn't want to I wouldn't want to I wouldn't want to partake too much in that um, in that as well. So I'm going through um, a little bit more, um, and again, I want to focus on like the the virtual learning part of it because you were saying earlier that it's better to be like in person um to to do that and i just want to because again like a lot of parents right now are saying that in in um in support of your organization mm-hmm. in support of the strike and what you guys are doing they're not going to log in like they're just gonna they're just gonna you know students are just gonna 
whatever, you know, whatever it is going to do on debt, they're not going to be um, logging in. How else can these parents and children support you or support your organization or support this cause? Well, first of all, I, I applaud and I deeply appreciate the um, support of our parents in our community. I feel personally that the um, that the district is not giving enough credit to our parents and our students for how much they truly understand what's going on. Um, our parents are going to make the best decision that they can for their students. And if that means logging in, then they'll log in. If that means um, standing firm and, and standing in solidarity with us, then they'll do that. We're not going to tell them that they're, they're right or wrong no matter what decision they make. They get to make that decision for their kids. And we want to make sure that parents understand that, you know, we're, we're fine with having the power be in the hands of the parents because they know what's best for their kids. No, most definitely, most definitely, because um, I definitely would do the same thing um, if my child was in this district just because, like, wait a minute, so we about to do the whole online thing mm -hmm. without, like, without, like, real teachers. And from a kid's standpoint, mm -hmm. I want to talk to the kids real quick. The first day of school is very important. Like that's like the that's like a national holiday. You know, you get your nice little fresh I outfit. Yeah. You know, you get your fresh outfit, you get your schedule, you find out what friends is in your class with you, you see who's what you new people. You pretend you're not excited, but you're really excited. Yeah. Yeah, ex yeah exactly. <laughs> and this process has taken that you know, away from the children. So now, you know, they just basically cut on a computer and, you know, basically get back to the whole um, online school and COVID thing, which pretty much is, um, which is absolutely trash. So. And this is another broken promise. I mean, the only reason that we did online school before was because it was a pandemic and mm -hmm. people had to socially distance. Mm -hmm. So there was a health risk. And we needed to go virtual. This is not a strike of your teachers is not a health risk. So yep. these kids need to be in school, which is why, you know, when you asked me before, what else can parents do? You know, the power is in the, the hands of the parents. They voted these people into office. They need to push these people to get back to the negotiation table, which I have just I have heard before I was came over here that they are going to go back tomorrow at one o'clock. Okay. But they need to push them to, you know, continue the negotiations until this process is done. And to listen to your teachers, because who knows better? Is it, is it the board members who never come to the buildings to actually sit there for the eight hours of the day? you know, with the kids? Or is it the teachers who are in, you know, in the front on the front lines actually doing the work? I think the kids will tell you that it's the teachers. And um, something that I was about to, um, that I was about to get into with that as well, with the whole um, online, the whole online learning and, um, and, sc and school portion of it, because like I said, it does, it is a hindrance to like have to do that. What about the because I want to get to the ops now. I want to I want to get to the opposition because I want them to be held accountable. If there's names I can pull, I'll take the name so we can give them all the smoke. Because like I said, I'm <laughs> I'm about that. I know you're professional. You probably won't do that. But 
I'll take oh, any no, name. I'll, I'll, I'll take I'll take I'll take I'll take any name that you give me so we can light a fire. What why and I'm assuming like I right, f- first question in order for you to be on this panel or this board that's responsible for, you know, your children, don't they have to live in the same district? I believe so, yes. Okay, so that means their children, if they're not private schooled, goes to the same schools that you guys are saying is messed up. That that would be common sense would say that. That is correct. Okay. So what's the problem? I asked that same question. Like, oh, like okay, why, let me, why let me, let me, don't you want to? No, no, yeah, let why? me rephrase. What do they say is the problem? They say that you can't, you don't negotiate working, these types of working conditions in a contract. And that's a lie. We, you do put this type of thing because our working conditions are a negotiated um, part of the proposal. Mm -hmm. That is part of it. And our working conditions are our kids' learning conditions. And if you're going to let that slide, then you're letting your kids sit in, you know, these horrible conditions and you're saying that's okay. And if we would have just accepted the proposal that the district gave us, then we are just saying, okay, it's okay to just continue to ignore these problems. We're trying to hold them account because this is an opportunity to do that. And we're the one making the sacrifice because the board has decided to, you know, they're cutting our pay. They're cutting off our insurance. You know, they're doing all of these things to make sure, you know, we don't enter our buildings. We don't, you know, communicate with our students. It's, it's, these are choices that they're making instead of getting back to the table and getting, working this through where they should be, you know, let's do everything we possibly can to work with our teachers because we need them mm-hmm. because they're that connect to our students without the two of them, our teachers and our students, this thing don't work. What are you saying to our kids? If you're not willing to go to the farthest length to make, to find a solution to the problem, why are you in that position? If that wasn't your motive of being in that position, and um, now that's 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 a very interesting thing because your kids have to go to the same district and stuff like that. So, what do they say about the the curriculum and all of that stuff? Like, like I want, I kind of want to know, like, because what you're asking for, your teachers are asking for, isn't far fetched. Like, not at all. Like, if you put yourself, like, you know, like if. If this studio, I mean, I'm, I don't think I have union workers, you know, under us or whatever. But if I'm hot in my job, I'm going to let you know I'm hot. You know, if I'm cold in my job, I'm going to let you know that I'm cold. If I see a rat running around on this floor, I'm going to let you know, hey, there's a yeah. rat on this floor. Y'all need to get him up out of here. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? So, like, I would do that here. You know what I'm saying? And iHeart is a very clean station, so there's none of that going on yeah, right now. But I wish, you know. <laughs> yeah, you know what I'm saying? So yeah. it's clean. It's clean. <laughs> so for everybody else, if your job is like that, you would you would want to say something. And if you had people in power that could change that, because a lot of times if they'd be like, nah, we can't do it. It's like, dang, well, I can't do nothing about it. You guys have a union. So that's makes that's what makes that great. So what do they say about the whole um, 
you can either address the 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 pay part or the uh the teachers or the the PE curriculum and all of that stuff because what are they I I just really want to know why they're saying no. Like this isn't seem this isn't this doesn't seem like a hard thing to to fathom or do. Again, it goes back to accountability. We're trying to give them to tell us real numbers, real deadlines, real, you know, hold hold them accountable to the promises that they made. Mm-hmm. Because this isn't just a Columbus, Ohio problem. This is across the, you know, the entire country. I don't know if you know, but in in Philadelphia, I think it is they're, they're bus drivers, they're um, teachers and you know, school nurses. All of them have just have voted just within the last 24 hours to go to strike as well because people are getting burnt out. You can only push people so far and continue to push them, push them, push them down so far that, you, you know, eventually the, the bubble bursts and you can't take it anymore. You have to fight back. And this is our, our way that we are choosing to fight back. And I think our parents and our students see that. And I hope it's a teachable moment for our, for our students to see that, you know what, you don't have to just sit there and be beat down and take this. You actually can um, exercise your voice and push forward and push back to, to make changes happen. Because, de- cause, like I said, definitely changes need to happen, especially when it comes to um, the education system in general, because this isn't the first time that teachers have, you know, brung up, you know, issues, at least of um, right. of all of this stuff. Like teachers bring these issues up um, pretty much all the time. So and if you're hearing this, you know, across the nation, what does that say about the, you, you know, the way? our country values public education. Why aren't we investing in our most precious asset, our students? Why aren't they the most important investment in this country? They are the citizens of tomorrow. Why do we put so low of an emphasis on public education? I, it, I will never understand why that isn't the top priority in every single how does school how does how does schools build revenue or how does and i'm and i'm asking that from a standpoint of and it was something that you said interesting earlier and i hope i didn't lose i hope i didn't lose that recording but i'm about to go back to it you was mentioning how um there's a certain individual i think you said like a principal or superintendent something like that that gets that gets paid a lot of money our superintendent um alicia dixon and, I, and it makes me think about, you know, the hierarchy at other jobs where people who work a certain level earn like the most money. And, and again, it, it, let's just let's just go with the pandemic. Let's just call it what it was. People who made more money told people who made little money that they had to basically like lose their jobs or they get paid so much that they don't want to take a pay cut. And as a result, lower people on the bottom basically get cut because they're making so much money. And I say that in my field because it's like the people on my level are the people who generate revenue. We should get paid more just like in football or basketball. You know, LeBron James is going to make more than the coach. And if you want to say, well, LeBron James is LeBron James. Okay, fine. The sixth player on the team is going to make more than the coach. You know what I'm saying? On, on average. So, and it, I pronounce her name wrong. It's Dr. Talisa Dixon, not Alicia. I, <laughs> there are a lot of Alicia's in our district, gotcha. but it's Talisa Dixon. 
Got you. And um, and I'm saying all that to say because those are the individuals who build revenue. Those are the people that make you want to come to the games and all that stuff. They're the ones who build the ticket prices and stuff like that. So when it comes to um, teachers, again, I'm just advocating. I just want to say let's get these teachers paid um, a lot more. But how does but how does schools just just generate revenue? Like how how does how does that come to pass? Well, um, so you can have the resources to, you know, public education is all um, state funded. So, you know, we rely a lot on um, property taxes. And this is why um, our particular union, our association, has pushed a lot against tax abatements because you get these large corporations that come into move into Franklin County. Um, specifically downtown, and they get a tax abatement to where they don't have to pay the large taxes that they would for being on that particular property. Mm -hmm. Well, in the long run, that takes money away from our kids because we rely on that money. If If we were to get that money that they would have paid in taxes, we're talking millions of dollars, millions of dollars. So all of the high rises that you see in downtown and you know not all of them but a lot of them all of that construction going on were you know put here with tax abatement mm. and tax abatements take a considerable amount of money away from um, the Columbus City Schools and you said and you said that's worth millions millions 55 million dollars with just one one of the companies that we exposed a couple uh, um, not that long ago of the Pazuti companies and um, cover cover my meds when they came millions of dollars lost to the Columbus City School District. Ooh, I know where that money went. Mm-hmm. I've watched American Greed a whole bunch of times. To know <laughs> what you swindlers are doing with that money? Mm-hmm. Big pharma. And if I um, I mean hell of a play, hell of a play. But I mean y'all doing it at the detriment of our kids. But hell of a play though, hell of a play. And they don't need it. No, not at all. Not at all. They it's just don't need it. It's, it's like it's like it's like the example that I use with the Patriots, like the Patriots is like the kid that gets a ninety nine, but cheats just to get the hundred. It's like you really didn't have to do excellent, that for real. Excellent for real. analogy. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like y'all didn't really have to do all of that. But um. So we, so this is so this is a deep issue. Mm-hmm. To be honest with you, I mean, because if the money isn't there and again, the. I'm I'm assuming that's something that they're trying to say as well is like the money's not there to provide. Now, are y'all asking for central air or y'all just asking for the air conditioning? Like, 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 what, like, what are we talking about here? Because it seems like you can get an HVAC guy to come by and like clear out the whole thing, throw some vents in there, get some heat, get some air in there. Like, it's not I'm like, how much money are we really talking here? You know what I'm saying? For them to do all of well, this stuff. Columbus City Schools had four hundred million dollars in ESSER funds to you know, apply to these types of problems to upgrade these systems. And um, they still haven't, you know, there's a viral TikTok video out there, you know, where you actually hear Dr. Dixon talking about, you know, struggling to spend these $400 million and you can't possibly do it in the time that they give you. Mm -hmm. I don't know all of the particulars of that. Um, but it is definitely, you know, kind of d- disjointed for her to say that and um, and to hear that 
knowing what we've been asking for. I want to know where the money's going. Like, I know I said earlier, I know where the money's going, but I want to confirm where the money's going because that's a lot that's of money. That's a lot of money. That's a lot of money just to be. And last time I checked, Columbus, Ohio is the capital of Ohio, right? And in our last board meeting, um, it, you could, you can see the board minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, they wanted to use some of those ESSER funds to actually hire substitute um I call them factories, substitute factories in order to, you know, fill in the spots that we are not currently in because we're on strike. ESSER funds. Rather than get back to the table and get your child, get your students back in the schools, they wanted to apply those funds to giving um, bonuses too. Like if you worked if you signed on to be a sub and you wor- worked a full, I think it was like a full week, then you'd get an extra $100. Yeah, all from that, the ESSER Well, that ain't, I mean, no cap, that ain't really worth it. But at the same time, I guess if you teach it from, never mind, I, I'll crack that joke. I'll crack that joke later. <laughs> um, so they're going to really use the money that they could use to just fix the problems to just, that's and typical they claim, politicians, they man. Typical they government. You know, there's labor shortages and there's shortages in um, trying. And that may all be true. Yes, we understand that COVID caused a lot of back orders and uh, supplies and everything. But it still shouldn't stop you from at least trying to make all of the commitments, lay out a timeline and, you know, get some promises out there. Get them actually accounted for and get the job done. I'm sure you could find a way. No, no, definitely. I mean, we're talking about four hundred million in an escrow, basically. Like you can easily get that done. But that's why I'm gonna keep asking the question: Where's the money going? That's all I want to know. Where's the money going? Like I said, I have some ideas of where the money going, but I'm trying to be a professional journalist, so I'm not gonna just insinuate where the money's going. But and it's not fair to go to our families who are also struggling, you know, and ask for a school levy. And ask them to pay even more in property taxes, when knowing that there is money already on the table. You rather tax the families and the people of Columbus versus taxing the new people that come to Columbus to do business. Typical politicians, man. Typical politicians. So before we go, real quick, um, again, in case I lost like the back half, the front half of this audit, which I'm gonna I'm try to end up finding. Um, just give us, just give us, just give us like you know five minutes of just you know what it, what it is that you guys want and um what's gonna basically get get our children back into school. Listen, the teachers of Columbus want to be with our students. We love our students. We're committed to this, and I feel like we are showing that commitment with our actions. The district on the other side is says that they love and they care about our students, but they are not showing that with their actions. They are showing quite the opposite. They're not making any sacrifices. And we need the district to follow through on their promises. Fix these buildings, give us the tools to successfully teach our students and give us the resources we need to take our students to the next level. You know, stop making it seem like we're we're asking for more than you have to give. We know that it's there. We know you can give it. So let's get this done. 
Okay, okay. So I want to play a game with you real quick. You said that you taught at four high schools in Columbus. What right. what 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 are the four? So Eastmore Academy. Is that that's the current school, right? Yes. Okay. Northland High School, which is where I graduated. Okay. Um, Centennial and Independence. Okay. Okay, normally I do the game based on whatever the title is, but that was a lot of schools. So I'm gonna ask you, I'm gonna ask you like three little rapid questions real quick. Best football team out of the time out of those four schools, the time that you was there? Eastmore Academy. And that's the current school? Yes. Now are you saying it because it's the current school? No. They like if I think about the football team, they, they're really good. They had well, of all, <laughs> if I'm comparing just the the schools, the four schools, yeah, Eastmore is the best of the four. Okay, okay. <laughs> Out of the times that you was there, <laughs> sure. Okay, okay, okay. Um, let's see another, another, another good, uh, another good school question. If you worked any of these events before, um, best prom. Who put together? Who put out of those schools? Who? who what school do you remember put together a really good prom? Oh wow! Um, well, it depends on the senior advisor. I mean, um, when we had Mia Pruitt doing our our proms at Eastmore, like she's amazing. Um, she's since been promoted, but uh, I'm still gonna have to say Eastmore. Okay, okay, yeah. Eastmore, Eastmore. Um, let's see. I would I would ask that question, but I think I think I think that'd be easy. I'm trying to ask you a um a tricky question that would actually well, bring the best a little band, bit of controversy. I'm going to say Northland because they just have a, a band community that is immaculate and it's been that way for decades. So I would definitely say Northland for best band. Okay, I should have thought. I should have thought about the band when I mentioned football. <laughs> yeah, the band, bands are bands are definitely good. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, I'm just going to ask it just because I'm just going to um, I'm just going to throw it out there. Just the best students that you've encountered over your 24 out out of your 24 years. Now it's 24 years, so it's not like if you don't say this Eastmore, it's like it's okay. I've been around for 24 years. You know what I'm saying? So like you know. Best overall students that you can act and that you interacted with, best memories and all of that. Honestly, I've had my best students in all four schools. I mean, and I say this from the heart, you know, you don't become a teacher because you just want to do a job. You right. become a teacher because there's something inside of you that knows that you can reach kids. And kids know when you're authentic and they know when you're a fake and they will call you on that immediately and I have had overwhelmingly an overwhelming amount of success I'm not saying that I've had all success in my 24 years but students really tend to migrate to me because they can see that I'm genuine they can see that I I care about them and I honestly have stories from every single building I mean I still see my students and you know we just almost cry when we see each other because it's that kind of connection you know they become like family they're they're my babies until you know whenever and I I am still in contact with many of my students you know from my first years of teaching so 
I really can't say that the best students were at any particular building because I love so many of them from all over Columbus. All right, so we're going to end on a funny one right here. Most ratchet is homecoming. We got we got we got to end it funnier than that. I mean, oh you, you, my just, God. you just you just gave us the all the kids are great. All the right. kids I'm are sorry, cool. but uh, independence. I'm sorry, but okay. There we go. We finally got a hot yeah. take. There we go. Independence. I got y'all. I'm I sorry. got y'all mentioned. Y'all know better. I got y'all. I got y'all. I got y'all mentioned independence. I was just trying to get every school to be mentioned in this topic. All right. So, uh, Miss Regina uh, Fuentes, um, thank you for your time and thank you for you know educating the listeners on uh, what it is that you guys are uh, fighting for. You're fighting for their children That's right. as well as, you know, fighting for uh, equal, you know, you know, you know, equal work conditions and all of that. And um, parents out there, if you think that they're being greedy, just put yourselves in those situations. Do you want to work in a place that's too hot? Do you want to work in a place that's too cold? And do you want a rat running on your floor? And who do you want teaching your kids? Exactly. Do you want a substitute or do you want the teachers that know and love them? And we all know what we did to the substitute teachers. We all know that. You know <laughs> what I'm saying? Shout ready. Oh, my God. Shout ready. out to the substitute teachers, though, because y'all are volunteering to volunteer. Mm-hmm. But parents, students, y'all know what y'all doing to them substitute teachers. They not the ones. Um, again, Ms. Wintes, thank you for your time.